The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. It's it it, it really is so much fun to 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 do that kind of thing. Yeah. To just like <clears throat> like it, if you um I'm really bad at introducing, so we'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> <So good. clears throat> if you, <clears throat> goodness me, what a way to start. If you um, sent me like a, a list of here's the favorite things I've said, or here's some sound bites that are cool or whatever, um, or if you even want like a script read by an announcer type voice, you could totally do that. Oh, that'd be that'd awesome. Be, that'd be so much fun. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Okay. We'll, we'll dive into more details later. Cool. Um, so I am sitting with you and your name is Kat. Do you, do you go by Kat or Katrina? I go by Kat because most okay. people can't pronounce Katrina. Really? You good, would think, good enough? <laughs> you would think after the, the, after the, um, Hurricane Katrina yeah. that it would be. I'm named after the band though. <laughs> I hate that stupid Wait, hurricane. What? Katrina and the Waves. Oh. Yeah. That goes way back. Yeah. Walking on Sunshine. Wow. I did not I did not see that one coming. You said band and my brain was like 80s. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> my mom wanted an interesting name that if she yelled it in a crowded like supermarket, then I would be the only one that would look. Right. Instead of like Sally and then there's four people that turn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um okay, so uh the reason I invited you onto the podcast today of course is um you are the host of well you're the co-host of just one other podcast but, no <laughs> so you're the co you're you're involved in several several podcasts yes um and involved in a in a broader podcast community yep um but more specifically what i wanted to talk to you about is your new podcast start the music yes um which just released um, episode 10. Yeah, and episode 11 comes out on Thursday. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, any teases as to who your guest is? Um, it's actually uh, Peter Chikowski, who is Rock Paper Cynic. He's a okay. cartoonist and a musician. Very cool. Yeah. Um, local guy, where's he from? I'm not familiar. Uh, he's from Toronto. Okay. But he's here every year for Edmonton Expo, Calgary Expo, Whatever the Winnipeg one is called. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, and that comes out Thursday, August, is that second? August 3rd. Today's August the first. August 3rd. Yes, 3rd. So, okay. Um, just so that anybody listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but um, uh, we air tonight, we air tonight, people listening right now, um, uh, 7 p.m. on um, on G Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pod, our podcast comes out after, but, um, just so that people know 
when the hell we're talking about. Yep. Uh, okay, so so what is what is your purpose behind the podcast? I know we've <laughs> we've we've kind of talked about this and 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 I'm almost beat it to death, but yeah, it's. I guess. Apparently, my my thing in life is to be that person who um, comes along and says, hey, women aren't talking about this thing that I really enjoy, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, And Start the Music just kind of came along when I really wanted to listen to a music podcast that wasn't all white dudes, (laughs) you know, um, talking about rock and Van Halen and, you know. That kind of genre that kind of gets over, over talked about. It was either Van Halen or punk. Like there was no kind of in between, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I came along and said, "Hey, I'm going to do a music podcast." And after I kind of had a mental breakdown on Twitter, <laughs> saying, "There's no way I can do this. I don't know enough about music." Um, my one of my co-hosts from Verity, the Doctor Who podcast mm-hmm. that I do, was like, "Katrina, if you were a guy, you would just." Come right out and start the podcast. You wouldn't even be thinking about this. Just do it. So I did it. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Oh, and they stumble in late. It's not that late. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kat, I guess a round of introductions. This is Kat. Hi. That's Hi. Mary. Hi. Mary is Joey's chauffeur. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, see? And, and Joey's out in the hall. He'll sit down in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, coffee's on. Do you guys need coffee? There's uh, coffee. We, we got coffee. That's why we're late. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See? Put that thing away. We'll deal with that thing later. <laughs> Have Mary hold it for now. No. Put it somewhere beside you. Well, t- just... <laughs> this is This is why... This is why we get such good ratings for the podcast. Because we argue about guitars. <laughs> But it's so organic. Oh, God. <laughs> well, <laughs> it forces us to pretend that we need to be more pre- more prepared. Ah, gotcha. Look, yeah, we have yeah. a list. We, we have completely ignore the list. We really do. <laughs> we have we've we've made lists and we've made plans on how to be more organized and more focused. And we used to edit. You have a mustache. I do. Why do you have a mustache? Right. Thank you. It's been growing for a while. Yeah, but this is the, like, you shaved off the sides and it's not a beard anymore. It's a mustache. <laughs> uh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. Um, sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. No, no. I know no. we're all Canadian here, but. I'm, I'm, I'm as much apologizing to the people that listen to that because when I <laughs> listen to this in four months, it seems to be about my turnaround, I'm going to be like, God, we're idiots. <laughs> So that's your first problem is listening to it. Oh, see, I love listening to us. <laughs> I really do. It's so much fun. Especially especially when we have good debates or say ridiculous things or Joey gets on one of his rants. Yeah, you do enjoy those. I really do. You enjoy having those conversations as much as I you do. I like to argue. You like listening to it. Speaking of, I'm going to set this up for later in the show. Um, I really want to have a conversation about hate in art because I have an awful story that needs to be discussed and um, a resolution that needs to be at least considered. Okay. Cool. So that'll, that'll, that'll come later in the show. Um, but for now, let's go back to <laughs> <laughs> Katrina and the waves. Yep. Um, okay. So 
Um, so your co-host, co- one of your co-hosts from Verity says to you, um, if you were a dude, you would just do the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be considering whether or not you're actually qualified to do the podcast. <laughs> you would just do the podcast. You have to be qualified to do a podcast. <laughs> I apparently think you do. <laughs> I don't think it anymore. Um, so yeah, so I just started the podcast and originally it was just focused on how people fell in love with music mm-hmm. and generally with some exceptions, people that work in the industry tend to love music. Um, taking out stuff like A&R guys and, you know, stuff that have become jaded, people that have become jaded to the industry. Right. Um, but generally you get into it because you love music and you mm-hmm. want to make music or you want to help other people make music. Um, so originally it was going to be mostly bands. And then okay. I realized that bands all, a lot of bands tend to sound the same. <laughs> they tend to repeat the same thing. Oh, like, like speaking wise or, or yeah. idea wise. Yeah. If, if they don't have a manager, mm-hmm. then they tend to talk more freely. But sometimes bands that have managers start to sound. Almost as though they're coached to say certain things exactly. at certain times in certain yeah. situations. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. industry yeah. folk don't tend to have that as much you see that across across many different industries too oh yeah Um, yeah yeah. public public personas all kind of sound the same unless unless they're truly unique yeah right yeah yeah um so uh how did the hammering in the background you want to go close that door sure thanks man I, I left it open to get some fresh air in here, but now, now there's construction <laughs> going on outside. Yeah. Um, so I, my follow-up question to that was going to be, how did it get started? Um, but I, I, you, you've already answered that one too. Yeah, um, well, it, I guess it, it only really got started because of a local band here. Was that Brother Octopus? That was Brother Octopus. <laughs> okay. Which everybody knows Brother Octopus because they've gone and recorded in every yeah. in every studio in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I've I have the I have the privilege of being the only studio that's worked on all three of their records. Oh, nice! Very yeah. cool. Unless they have a fourth, which I don't know about. One just possible. came out. I I did most of the guest vocals on that. Okay, there you go. And that's including I guested on it. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if it, he he emailed me. Okay. Um, I had put a call out for bands to come on the show or technicians or whoever to come on the show. Right. Um, and he was the only person to email me. I emailed other people. Very cool. So we kind of set up in a coffee shop and he was very, very patient. And it's the only live interview I've ever done for the podcast. It's the only <laughs> live interview I ever will do for the podcast <laughs> in a public space. Um, yeah. And then I just I went from there. Very cool. Um, and so you're... You're going after, um, as interview subjects, you're going after um, musicians and um, technicians, engineers. Uh, you're going after producers. You just interviewed um, Chris Heward? Holmes. Holmes. Should have written that one down. <laughs> um, uh, and you're going after uh, music managers. Are, they, um, are there any aspects of the of the industry that you want to dive into that, that normal people or even, even guys that are in the industry, guys or girls that are in the industry that, um, that 
might take for granted or might not even know about? Um, I'm trying to get interviews with a couple of filmmakers okay. that have done documentaries, um, record labels, especially big slash independent record labels. So right. record labels like Fat Rec and mm. Epitaph and ones that aren't Warner Brothers and big, <laughs> you know, the big ones. What are they? Warner Brothers, Sony and Parent. Um, Universal. Yeah. Um, if someone came up to me and said, hey, do you want to interview them? Of course I would. But my goal is going after, like, I would love to interview someone from from Fat Rec or mm-hmm. that's right in my wheelhouse. Um but uh, but no stuff like that. Tour photographers. I interviewed a for- tour photographer. Okay. Um, what what is tour photography? Is, is, is that a style of photography? Is that a company? Um, it's someone who follows a band on tour and provides. Tour photog- okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I I I heard tour as in T O R E. Yeah, my apologies. I am a maritimer, so I do have a tiny bit of an accent. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. If you're a Maritimer, what brought you to um, the prairies? A boyfriend. He went out there, and then we came back here. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Very boring story. <sighs> All too common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Uh, so now the Start the Music podcast, it comes out every second week. Yep. You're really doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, perks of being the chauffeur. Uh, so you are, uh, so the podcast comes out every, two, every two weeks. Yeah. Every second, uh, every second Thursday. Okay. Um, just based on when I started it, not necessarily like the first and 15th or anything like that, just every 14 days. Um, and I've been kind of throwing around the idea of getting it into weekly and just mm. doing a weekly, um, music, like one week music, one, one week, week music and interview. Gotcha. Um, now that I have my SoCan license, I'm quite excited to that play. Was, that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask yeah. was, um, I get asked often enough about, about SoCan licensing for podcasts. Um, do you mind diving into this for a sec? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's fine. How does, how does that work? How does, um, yeah. Yeah. You, one, SoCan still hasn't quite figured out what a podcast is. Okay. Um, especially on a small scale, they understand what big podcasts are. Um, so if you say, Hey, Leo Laporte, they get that. But you say like a small, small little independent podcast, they have Mm -hmm. no idea. Um, you pay, if you make, if your podcast makes money, you pay a set percentage of that based on the percentage of music in your podcast. So if your podcast is half music, you pay a rate based on 50%. Gotcha. Plus the 1.4 whatever percent of the revenue you make from the music. Okay. And you submit all the artists that you've played in the quarter or whatever the time frame is. Right. Um, and then that gets divvied up amongst the artists that artists. got played. And- but it's not the artists that are getting paid. It's, it's the composers and uh, lyricists. and Or whoever owns those, those um, yeah. rights. Yeah. Which a lot of a lot of songwriters don't own their own rights anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so because I don't make money, and I probably never will make money because it's a lot easier, <laughs> um, I pay like a tiny amount each year, like a very okay. very small amount 
to play music pretty much every episode. And it doesn't matter what song. It's just as long as as long as you submit it. Um, do you submit it on an episode by episode basis, or is it once? I've a month got a running or? spreadsheet, okay. so you can do it all online. So you could you could put it up every episode, right. um, but it has to be submitted like taxes, like every quarter or, or every quarter. Yeah. Oh, okay, very cool. That kind of very thing. cool. How long was that process to go through? Once they understood what I was, <laughs> then it was a matter of like you fill out one page, you mail it in with a check, and you got it. Oh, um, that's a piece of cake. So, yeah. But getting to that point of, no, I'm not Spotify. No, I don't, right. you know, trying to define what I am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, now, Start the Music, does it, um, does it air on any, any particular network or is it download only? Um, it's download only. And download iTunes, Google Play, okay. all those things, um, and then streams on the website. I was approached by a radio network that I got back to, and they never got back to me. Which one was that? Ah, same one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because he is, <laughs> he is craving female-hosted content. Yeah, I was contacted, and I said, that would be awesome. I'd love to do it. And then silence. I'll, I'll, um, I'll hassle him because... He and I talk a lot. Cool. Yeah. And he owes me beer. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I would love to be on a, on a network. I just want more people to listen. And if it wasn't for um, the Chris Holmes interview, like my, my download numbers tripled mm. when he came on because he's got a following. Right. So he's, he's been on a podcast, a regularly occurring, um, hi, my name is Mark. Podcast. Um, Mark from Blink-182. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was one of the people that got hassled pretty much every episode. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so now, um, one thing that um, you had mentioned in the meetup on Sunday was that you were also a bass player. Yep. Um, How did you get into playing music? Um, I got into playing music because of getting into music, into punk music. Mm-hmm. Um, all this, all the singers I liked all played bass. <laughs> okay. So yep. the, the two main ones being Fat Mike from No Effects and Mark Hoppus from, from Blink-182. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both the type that are like, this is easy. <laughs> you can, our stuff's really easy to play. <laughs> um, and then when I got into Green Day, uh, Mike Dirnt is also mm-hmm. fairly easy stuff to play. So I thought, you know what, if I'm going to get into an instrument... Why get into guitar like everybody else when I can get into bass and realize how awful it is to try to p- play bass by yourself? It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. It is. Yeah. Um, I started, I, um, Joey and I are both um, former guitar players that are transitioning into bass. Um, I've been playing bass now 15 years or something, and you've been playing bass like six or seven, right? Probably, I, I yeah, something like that. Um, and However long I've started doing production work, pretty much. Yeah, it was out of necessity for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's one thing we find is that the bass player is usually one of the weakest links in the band. And myself personally, I I replay the bass on recordings, with or without the band's knowledge, probably. 
two or three percent at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at least as much a band will ask me to replace their bass player on their recordings. Yeah, I uh. I started playing mandolin first. Oh, cool. And I learned a little bit of mandolin. Enough that playing bass was a little bit easier because sure. most people go guitar and then guitar and then bass. Yeah, bass is um, the easier guitar. Yeah, and no, it's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I started to realize that there's a reason that there's not many short female bass players. And uh. That's because basses are huge and heavy mm. and awkward. That makes it more fun because then there's less of people <laughs> like me. Um, one thing you could look into to make your bass playing life easier is they make short scale basses where the neck is actually uh, a guitar length neck. Yeah, I refuse uh, to play a short scale. Fair enough. For that reason, <laughs> because people expect me to. No, I have a really nice Toby bass that is light and sweet. Yeah, it's full scale. And, and you can play it. Yeah. Yeah. Well enough. Yeah. For the four songs I know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and so your, um, your music consumption of choice uh, is largely punk music. Yeah, punk, folk, and bluegrass. That seems like a really um, the, the the folk to bluegrass thing. I makes makes easy enough mental connection sense. Mm-hmm. How does punk fit into those two? If you look at folk music mm-hmm. and then you look at punk music, they're just different generations of the same vein. It's still rebellion music. It's still stick it to the man kind of music. Okay. It's just different generations expressing it. So maybe different ways. Maybe a better question that I should ask is, um, what what type of folk music are you into? Because the, the the folk music that I'm familiar with doesn't have a lot of rebellion or um, that kind of that kind of influence or that kind of. Uh, message. Yeah, I'm, pro- I'm, I'm I'm probably more familiar with the with the folk pop or the um, I guess the more popular Joni Mitchell type things um, than the. Of course, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh well, half of what Bob Dylan did. Was, I was just about to say yeah. Bob Dylan. Like a lot of, I don't know. I think a lot of punk musicians and actually kind of the reason I I got into, I started the podcast as I did is very few people that play music now grew up with that type of music mm. they tend to have parents that listen to country but now they're playing rock music or you know they they grew up with something else then they transitioned right and a lot of people at least my background is all um, Merle Haggard bluegrass Johnny Cash folk uh, fiddle music, right. like that kind of thing. So for me to then transition into fast, loud, quick punk that's only two minutes a song, it just made it made sense. <laughs> it it seems was to make sense. This is just this is just louder and angrier. Yeah, and I would have gone through that in high school, right. but I had nothing to rebel against. Like I had the perfect, you know, high school. I was just concerned with school and getting the best marks I could. Right. I had no interest in sneaking out of the house or any of that, you know, fun things that kids should do. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> it wasn't until I was like an adult that I got into like, oh, hey, you know, I don't think the government's doing what they should be doing. And punk music. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Uh, last question I kind of want to ask is um, where where do you hope to grow the podcast and your musical appreciation and and that side of your life? Where do you hope to grow that? I guess specifically, I mean the podcast. Like, where do you hope to where do you hope to go with it? Are, are there are there are there things that you're hoping to accomplish, or is it just there's so much information that you want to expose to the world? That was a really terrible question. I no, 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 no. It's <laughs> it was a good question because I have to actually think and not just immediately <laughs> spew words out in response. Um, no, I think. I'm of the opinion that a lot of people turn their nose down at punk or country or bluegrass because they've had one bad experience with that genre of music. So then they kind of colors their whole perception. And I would love for the podcast to get to a point where people are comfortable enough with what I've shown them in the past Mm -hmm. to just kind of blindly accept like the music choices that I make. Right. At least try them. They're probably not going to like, you know, half of them or three quarters of them. But at least to get to the point where, you know, you get some radio DJs who they'll just play a new thing and their audience will listen to it because it's them. Right. That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of avenue I want to go down. Never actually probably become a radio DJ. Um, (laughs) But that kind of opinion and they kind of open people's eyes enough to be like hey this song is amazing even though it's country and i've always said i hate country i could i could actually see um ckua or especially um cjsr locally um being open to the idea of a of a folk country meets punk kind of especially if it was a if it was a um not just musical contrasts but here's their connections kind of walked through focused show i could see that being a really a really receptive or well-received um radio show yeah it's i guess that's the, the reason i started doing the interviews just to kind of show you know this musician you really really like came from a background that's all punk and country and all those other kind of things and you really like their work then and you know I have two questions I ask for every every interview Um, one is what was the album that changed how you listen to music and the other one is what was the first live gig and my hopes is that you'll hear them talk about those two things and it's enough to go and be like you know what I've never actually listened to a song from Nirvana so maybe I'll actually go and listen to it because I admire you know, so and so, so and so, and they valued this, so I'm going to give it a try. Or even better, a better example would be, hey, Chris Holmes just talked about butthole surfers. I have no idea who <laughs> yeah. that is, oh, really? but I am. To- <laughs> well, I know who it is, yeah, but okay. yeah. general public, I think, has heard the band name, but never actually, right? You know, actually listened to a track. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always, I always confuse the butthole surfers and rainbow butt monkeys. Because they did, they did similar 
things, but were very, very different at the same time and ended up going in very different directions? One of them I like listening to, one of them I don't. Don't, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, well, the, secondary to wanting you on the podcast to hear about your podcast and, and where you've come from is is um, immediately following the, uh, the the podcast meetup that we met on Sunday, mm-hmm. I had one of the most hate-filled um, recording sessions I've ever been exposed to. And I after that, it's been it's been gnawing at me for almost two solid days. And I kind of wanted to, I definitely want to dive into this with Joey, but I'd love to hear um, your perception on, on the scenario. And I kind of want to focus it less about the specific instance and more around hate in art. Um, so here's, here's, here's what was going on. I have this hip hop guy and he does, he does, um, like the, the speed hip hop, like the really, really crazy fast rapping. Um, and he's, he's really good. Uh, he's been on tour with tech nine. Um, who is, I, I hear he's someone really big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his work personally, but, um, uh, and I, he, I've heard his stuff. And, and he and, is like really, he's yeah. Tech Nine's really good. I, I don't well, know if the guy that, yeah. Works, but well, and 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 from what I understand is Tech Nine is kind of the, he's kind of the, he's the guy the on the pedestal of, of that style of rap. That every yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so so what happened was, uh, before I started working with this with this guy, um, which was, I started working with him in January February. Uh, we've done three or four songs together, um, kind of every month and a half, every six weeks or so. Um, but before that, this guy, who is a white guy that looks like he belongs in the band Corn or almost in Slipknot, or like he, he's got that he's got that ridiculous heavy metal look to him. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, my first impression of him was like, this guy's fucking scary. Uh." (laughs) Um, But he he turned out to be, at least on the surface, a really nice guy. However, his, the recording he did prior to working with me was a song called Nazi. Right. And, 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 and he, the way he describes it, and I refuse to listen to it because it doesn't interest me, the subject material, and I don't want to feed his, love of this thing. So, um, he, uh, it, it was supposed to be a satire about, um, racism and racial hate and, and that kind of thing, specifically, obviously from a white perspective. Anyway, he comes in, he comes in for this song this weekend and a new song and he tells me how this song of his, Nazi, has exploded in popularity. And at this point, it is single-handedly doubling his income uh, from streaming revenues and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
because of its popularity with white supremacists, naturally because people are stupid and don't get satire in music. Now, I'm, you know, cautious about this dude, and he starts telling me about his new song, which he says he wanted to he wanted to take advantage of this newfound popularity that he has with white supremacists, play on that, feed that so that he can make a whole lot more money and then disappear and not have to live in cold Canada. I can live in, I don't know, wherever he wants to live. And so the words come out of his mouth. The name of the song is called White Supremacy. And then he starts explaining the song. It's about how white supremacy doesn't actually exist. And my nuts just kind of clench. <laughs> <laughs> like they really do. It's like, it's kind of like I'm looking over the edge of a tall building and I feel like someone's going to come behind me and push me. <laughs> like, or that you just made jump. <laughs> <laughs> that I just made jump. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I decide that this is a, this, this is a subject material that I could really easily argue because I know, I have this feeling I know where he's going with it. And I don't want to go there at all. But, have to. He's paid for his time. We're set up. We're ready to go. That sounds like a case where I'd be like, okay, but my name is not going anywhere near that thing. Well, and, 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 and this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is this is kind of where I, this is kind of where I wanted to, wanted to draw the conversation is his... All of his arguments are completely narrow-minded and only true if you disregard the bigger picture of the world, right? From his from from his perspective, he's he's a underprivileged white guy that's had to fight for everything that that gets trashed on because of the way he looks. That gets that um, he's he's been to jail, he's been shot, and I've seen his bullet scars because he likes to show them off. Um, like this is a, this is a messed up individual, gold teeth. No real teeth, gold teeth. And not not like nicely done gold replacement Veneers. teeth. They're fucking ugly. Like they're intended <laughs> to be scary. Anyway, so so and and through the course of the it was just about two and a half hours that I spent with this guy. And never in the history of man has the phrase, I'm not racist, but been uttered. <sighs> By the same guy in the same space in that short of time. You know what they say about the word "but." Well, exactly. Everything right? that comes before it is meaningless. So, so, and as it as it turns out, I'm pretty sure this guy actually isn't racist because he. No, it sounds like he's just trying to milk his newfound. No, no, I, like he. I think he's just actually a hateful individual. Like he doesn't, possible. he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have any hate towards a specific color or race. He just hates everybody. Well, but, but he's, he, 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 he's hateful towards immigrants and that includes white immigrants from Europe. He's hateful towards, um, any sort of religion. He's hateful towards his, um, Islam. He's hateful towards Christianity. He's hateful towards Judaism. Um, he's just a hateful person. And naturally, he's playing on this whole this whole white supremacist thing that he's got this brand new fan base, and of course, he had to brag a whole bunch about it, which just made me even more comfortable. But we got to the end of the thing, and I'd basically shut my brain off 
because every time I'd make comment about anything, he'd go on another 15 or 20 minute rant. Um, and so I, I really got to a point where I just finished the mix and I was really proud of the technical stuff that I'd done for his song. And then I gave it to him because I already had his money. And it didn't occur to me until afterwards that, wait a minute, should I have done this differently? And then I started having, then I started having the whole argument in my head. Who am I? Like, I don't have any hate in me, I don't think, but who am I to judge someone or to draw a line in the sand when it comes to someone's, someone else's emotions or feelings, whether I think they're wrong or not, especially when it comes to art. And this is, this is more of the muddying the water of the decision. Um, he talked a lot about being an artist and how his intention as an artist was to make people feel something, to make people react, love him, hate him, cry with him, laugh with him. If he's not doing something like that, in his art through his music, then he's not doing, he's not doing the right thing. Which makes me more conflicted because I do value, I do value artistic expression. And I, and um, do, do you guys remember three or four years ago when that, that punk band out of Toronto got their factor grant revoked because, um, because they were uh, they were singing about um, hatred towards Christianity, I think, um, hatred towards religion, and the community caused an uproar and pulled their uh, and, and Factor had to pull their grant. Well, that that just sounds like politics, though. Right, but it, but but that's 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 Factor knowing that these people will have enough power to have the government give them less money, type of thing. So, I suppose. You know. That's but, but, just them protecting themselves. So let's not let's not dive into the politics of it, because politicians will always, at least I, I think they'll always gen, err on the side of caution, or what's going to get me elected next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched both of you go like, yeah. well, I don't know if I agree with that, but wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the election, yeah. Um, and so I'm pretty sure at this point. What I should do is, Joey, what you said, ask him not to include my name on that production, yeah. which may already be too late um, because I, this, this is the fourth, I think this is the fourth song I've done with him. Um, and I have no idea if he credits me at all. Um, well, but the greater... worth asking him, be like, hey, you know that song that I did for you? Mind if my name's not on that? Or even the... The boilerplate of the views expressed on this don't represent <laughs> the people that worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that brings up that brings up the question. Excuse me. Um, at what point does does hate what what point can we allow hate in art to to influence the decision? Or the more maybe maybe more importantly the subject material is that is that way too open of a question? Uh, no, I, I'm just feeling like I'm being stared down now. Are you? 
Yes. <laughs> well, my lady's here just looking at me like, what are you going to answer? Better not be wrong, because I'll kick you in the balls. Hey, you threatened me legitimately with that this morning. Uh, I know. It, sometimes he needs it. He needs it. Swift kick, maybe in the ass, but so is there is there a line that that the subject material of the art has to be considered because that's it's always been something that I've really tried to stay away from I don't want to I want to be an influence on the art um and given a lot of time to work with this guy, I certainly would have tried to influence him to be less hateful but I don't know I don't know if I don't know if if I can draw a line that says that says this this subject material makes me uncomfortable. And this is this is one of only two projects I've worked on where I've I felt like this. And the other one I charged way more money because the guy was I charged him for the time that I spent pacing around trying to calm down <laughs> really misogynistic raptor rapper raptor rapper <laughs> it better be a raptor <laughs> a raptor would probably actually make it more fun yeah i would still charge him more yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but but with this guy it, it's you're getting buzzed on your arm it's fine it's twitter <laughs> it's not work all right <laughs> We do enjoy live conversations. Yeah. It's literally somebody I follow. It's, it's I follow Frank Turner on Twitter. Okay. And he's tweeting about a festival he's going to. So it's buzzing me. Excellent. Because heaven forbid I miss a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so so let me ask this direct question to each of you. Is there is there a line where... should be considered too far. See, so, yeah, I, I, I know it's, it's, it's difficult because I don't like the idea of censorship and it's kind of the question itself is leaning at, towards the whole, where should we start censoring people? It's kind of an all or nothing kind of question. Cause if, if you start censoring, then you're censoring. There's no kind of censoring or kind of not right. censoring. I'm, I'm of the opinion that, if you're using it in satire and you're using it in a way that your audience understands satire or at least can realize you don't actually mean it the way you're saying it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I don't, I wouldn't want to censor people either, but at the same time, I know plenty of skinhead punk bands that I don't want them to exist because I don't like, I don't believe they should be singing about what they're singing. Right. So, you know, I would rather censor them out entirely than censor a couple, couple songs. Well, and, and 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 so so that that's kind of the that's kind of the doorway to the censorship. Um, what are the, what is the term I'm looking for? That's kind of the doorway to opening up everything to censorship, right? Because if you if you censor the songs for the band, then you censor the band, then you censor the genre, and then you censor beyond. Um, not to mention when you censor a band, 
there's no way to eliminate them from existence. So they're still going to exist. And because you've censored them, you've then opened them up to a certain group of people who are going to say they were censored. That means I should listen to them. That means that they have something to say that big whoever doesn't want, <laughs> you know. Right. That doesn't want me to hear it. Mm-hmm. I think it, the concept of, like, everybody allowed to say whatever they want, no matter how offended that could make people is interesting. And I kind of support the idea of it. But in reality, there are definitely some ideas that probably shouldn't be expressed. I'd be happy with people getting offended over stuff. It's when it goes past them being offended and them acting on that offense, negative or positive or positively. Right. And, and, and right now, with the with the turmoil down in the states that we're dealing with, that we're not, I'm not dealing with, that we that we're exposed to, and and the sensitivity of everything, and things like the white supremacist, the white supremacy movement, gaining popularity, yeah, gaining an open acceptance. Um, I feel like if if this guy had come to me with this song ten years ago when we weren't dealing with the same kind of racial issues, no, that's dumb of me to say, um, incorrect of me to say, when we weren't dealing with the same um, public... um, Level of awareness. Public level of awareness. I don't think I'd feel feel as awkward about this level of hate and and this guy's particular subject matter. But because of where it's coming from and what it, if he does have the influence that he claims to have, and if he does have the exposure, this is just going to feed all of that hate. And maybe the, maybe the bigger question that I keep, I keep asking myself is, do I just want to distance myself from it? Do I just want to not be, do I want to be able to hide under a rock and not have it, affect me but at the same time i look at well i still want this guy's money and because he is a he is a client that is very happy with the work that i do and i know he's going to continue to come back and give me money which is going to help pay my bills and i don't think you're wrong in wanting to take his money (laughs) (laughs) put me in the same position i'll take it it's fine it's another all or nothing you know you can't just cut one tie you have to either cut him off completely or, you know, if you cut off one tie and say, you can't do this song, there's a very good chance he's not going to come back. He's going to find somebody else who's going to uh, be willing to. I think to my whole approach would just be like making it clear with him that I don't want my name anywhere near um, being credited on this stuff. So, right. but I'll still work with you. I just don't agree with you fundamentally, or at least what you're putting out there I don't agree with and thus I don't want to be associated with it. Mm-hmm. Now is it is it something as simple as as I say to the guy just like for this song just don't don't mention me at all. I want to protect the business from the the blowback of or the fallout of the results of this song. Because he's, if if I understood him correctly, he is filming a music video for it right now, which is going to make it even worse. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm picturing the music video. <laughs> Apparently, his the whole concept of a white supremacist music video is just he's according to him he's taking it he's playing off the Nazi video and one of the he's got a Jewish buddy that they are dressing him up as a Nazi and the I know and 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 his Jewish friend is dressing up as like an Auschwitz something see and that's he, how you know he's not racist because he has a Jewish friend right <laughs> And and he's and he's literally part of the video. He's grabbing the Jewish guy by the pants and the jacket and throwing him into a furnace. Right, like this is how far this guy's taking it. And I and I understand. Is that really parody though? <laughs> well, it, it, he's he's not going for parody. He's going for satire. And it's it's a very like like. Parody. Uh, I in, guess satire is technically. I don't know. I don't know if this song is satire. I suspect it's not based on the content. I can't hear satire. All I hear is hate in the lyrics. And that's right. Probably all of what his supposed audience that he found yeah. is hearing too. Right. And, and that's, that's why they support his music. It's because they hear hate, and that's what they feel. Uh, it's, uh, to me, it's. There shouldn't be different levels of that, but there really is. Because you get people who are like shock jocks who, Mm. they're still saying really controversial stuff, but it's done in a way that you wouldn't go out and do what they're saying you should do kind of thing. Like, you can read that level of, this is for shock, this is satire, this is whatever. Um, But like music videos, and if you catch it halfway through. And you miss earlier context exactly you know or yeah like yeah. who's gonna play it well that's the thing is is he's only he's only going after youtube he's hosting it on his own website i think um his nazi video got pulled down off of youtube um because and this of video probably will as well right and that's just feeding an echo chamber like that's all he's uh, doing he's just putting more stuff in an echo chamber and and that he said fundamentally that was his main goal was to was to make as much money as he could off of this movement so that he could go elsewhere. Yeah, but does he really want to be associated with that group? He doesn't, he doesn't really on. care. But, but that, that I think I think part of his acceptance of the association is that he, he's probably one of those guys. He would pro- like he's he's very anti-immigration. He spoke very hatefully about immigrants coming to this country. He's very anti-religion, and he spoke very hatefully about all kinds of religion. Um, what else could he possibly be hating on? Um, I, I, I know of the scene that he's involved in, and that's mm-hmm. it is a very hateful scene of music. Not talking about uh, uh, speed rap or whatever they call it. No, just the just the the very particular. Division. Um, white person <laughs> mm-hmm. thing that's going on there. I no, I I know somebody's that I barely ever talk to who are a part of that culture. And sometimes you have trouble calling them buddies. Yeah, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well and, and, and that that that's the truth, right? 
I'm, yeah, people who I used to hang out with because I thought they were cool, and then as I got to know them, I've started to distance myself. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and and I think Katrina, you're right. It's it's the censorship issue that will never cease to be an issue because I think common sense would dictate this is an issue that the best way to eliminate the race issue is openness and reduce the hate. But if there's people promoting hatred through art, which is far more influential than, um, than any news story or whatever, how it, there, there is no possibility of balance in there because it's, it's a humongous pendulum that swings either no censorship and we live with what the world makes of itself or complete censorship and we become a resentful society that turns into, what was that, that series of movies, The Purge? You guys see that? The, the only one day. Yeah. Yeah. The murders allowed. And yeah. Yeah. I much prefer the joke that was going around online about the retail purge. One day a year, everybody in retail could tell you exactly what they were thinking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> These two are both in retail. <laughs> I used to be. I used to be. Um. Man, that would be a great day in rentals I, of just like, oh, you want to rent $50,000 worth of equipment and you don't know how to use it and you want me to teach you how to use it? How about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> uh, I once told a lady waiting for her repair. I used to work at Radio Shack way back in the day. When there was Radio Shack. When there was a Radio Shack, yeah, still in Canada. Um, I once told a lady that was frustrated at waiting for her repair that when she asked me what I would do, and I said, well, the first thing I would, I would do is not whine about it. To which she lost her mind, and I never saw her again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We got some really good, or yeah, a lot of my coworkers get some really good quips. Like the, on Sunday, a, a guy came in like probably 20 minutes to us closing. And, you know, it's starting to die down. So like a bunch of us got to the front counter just to like be like, oh, God. It's been so busy because Sunday was really busy, especially for me. I was just there so I could get away from my department because mm. I don't like lifting things. Joys and rentals. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's like five of us there. A guy comes in. He says something along the lines of like, oh, look at you guys sitting here doing nothing. And uh, one of our senior staff guys who used to be a manager at a different location just best quip just like oh we're just waiting for you to come in <laughs> and just like the, the response from the guy was just like he didn't know where to go from there <laughs> he's just like oh uh uh um <laughs> <laughs> i'm here <laughs> yeah he, he was yeah he, he it was one of those dick bag things he said and then because uh, my See, coworker said something that was witty that he wasn't expecting. Hmm. Uh, we put the ball in our court of like, you're the asshole. <laughs> See, funny as a as a customer, 
as a customer of your store, if one of the guys had, one of your guys had thrown that at me as I'd walked in, I would have played with it and I wouldn't have felt like the asshole. Yeah. Well, this guy was trying to get us to say something else that was more predictable. Or apologize or be ashamed of the fact that you're standing there. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we're very aware of these people who come in because, I mean, eight hours a day. (laughs) You hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Heck, I feel like I have like a second personality when I'm over there. Okay, I want to I want to steer us back to the censorship thing here. Sure, um, and because we're wrapping up a few minutes to go, uh, is the right move in this situation with this hateful guy just to do the simple thing and keep working with him because money's money, and in this day and age we can't say no to money all that easily. But ask him to not credit me on basically everything. If I ask him to not credit me on one thing, I have to ask him to not credit me on anything, right? Yeah, because you wouldn't want to be associated with him at all. And that's the thing. But at the same time, fuck, at the same time, <laughs> I I know that if he, because he's already, I know he's already told some people about the work that I've done for him, which he is really happy with. That's fine. I, I, I would, I don't know. I, I think that's fine if he tells people, especially other like musicians about you and your work. I think you should just make it clear to him not that to you do not want to be associated publicly. and have his right. fan base. Okay. So, 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 so the line, the line that I need to draw is please don't credit me publicly because the subject material you're dealing with is very controversial and bad for my business. Yeah, you Plain can simple. S- say that. Yeah, and just hope that he doesn't invite other people and other, his other friends to want to record with you with the same kind of content. Yeah. With a like attract, attracts like kind of Yeah, very true. Thing. Well, you could just have that conversation with them too, and if they get offended by it... I can start just, raising my prices if, if, yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. You can. This is there, so, so here's my price. Plus, here is the stress, <laughs> the hate surcharge, <laughs> the hate surcharge, <laughs> the hate tax. <laughs> for every for every hateful word and or connotation, I'm adding this much to your bill. <laughs> Over a two and a half hour vocal session, that could that could work well for me. Gonna <laughs> need you to repeat that again. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I think you mumbled a word in there. I understood it, but I don't think everyone else will. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I do feel better, but at the same time, I, I, I still feel like, like I'm, I'm risking his business by asking, asking this. Sure. Then again, he, he, he knows how controversial he is and he's preying on the fact. Yeah. Right. You should just make it clear that it's yeah. not good for your business. Like, it might be good for him, but... You're taking a risk. So yeah. Therefore. I'm taking a risk where I'm not, I'm not associated with that mentality or that line of social public opinion. Yeah. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.